Birmingham Museums Trust is the biggest charitable trust of its type in the UK. The trust cares for the city of Birmingham's collections, which include hundreds of thousands of objects, many of them rarely seen by the public because of the shortage of exhibition space. But whether on display or in storage, the collections are maintained by an expert team of curators and conservators. In this new series of podcasts, History West Midlands publisher Mike Gibbs invites the people who look after these world-class collections of arts, crafts, archaeological and scientific artefacts to select a favourite item and tell its story. Through them we meet warriors, gods, engineers, craftsmen, painters and jewellers, all found here in Birmingham's unique collections. Birmingham Museum and Art Gallery is very proud of its collection of 17th century European paintings. We're joined now by Helen Hilliard. Helen, tell us who you are. So I am the National Gallery Curatorial Trainee supported by the Art Fund. Um, The traineeship is designed to um, nurture the next generation of curators and support regional collections with fantastic collections of old master painting. And I'm very glad to be at Birmingham, which has one of the strongest collections of 17th century European painting in the UK. Is that collection well recognised? Absolutely. There are paintings within that collection of incredibly high quality, with equivalents found in both national and international museums, you know, the most famous museums in the world. So it's really up there. But do you think we in Birmingham actually recognise what we've got? I think often we don't. I think people don't necessarily expect to see this type of collection in a regional museum. And actually, when you come here, there are some real gems to be found. And you brought one of those gems along for us to look at today. Which one? So the painting I've chosen is Carlo Dolce's uh, St Andrew Praying Before His Martyrdom, which is dated 1643. And why is it such a favourite of yours? Well, partly because I absolutely love saints. I have this strange obsession with saints. They have these fascinating lives and some of their stories are, quite frankly, bizarre. But also, I think it's a painting that's often overlooked. Um, It's quite small and it's easy to walk by, but if you stop and take the time to look at it, it's just filled with incredible detail and incredible... um, life I think. So describe for us what we're actually looking at. So at the centre of the image we see Saint Andrew and he's wearing this bright blue robe kneeling before his cross arms outstretched looking to the heavens in a sort of meditative trance as he awaits his fate. Then coming down to greet him from the sky is an angel carrying a palm leaf which is a symbol of his martyrdom. According to tradition, St Andrew asked to be martyred on an X-shaped cross because he deemed himself unworthy to be crucified in the same way as Christ had been. But the scene is bigger than that. So next to St Andrew, we see carpenters making last-minute preparations to the cross, readying it for execution. And around them, a large crowd is gathering to watch the scene, all of whom are very engaged and animated. And there's such attention paid to their facial expressions. Um, and there's a real sense of character behind all of them. But the whole thing is absolutely saturated with colour as well. So there's these you know, fantastic blues, these flashes of green and red. It's just filled with you know, life and colour. Um, what about the artist Dolce? 
This painting really provides a real insight into his working life and the way in which he established himself as an artist. Uh, Dolce was originally from Florence and achieved great success there, winning prestigious commissions and gaining the attention of the most important patrons. However, if you really wanted to make it as an artist at this time, it's not enough to be just successful in your hometown. You have to expand your practice. And this painting of St. Andrew playing before his martyrdom was specifically made for the Venetian art market. It was a sort of breakthrough work designed very specifically to appeal to collectors in that city. And one of the ways he does this is to borrow from painters who were already famous at that time. And at the front of the crowd, there's um, a man in a red cap and next to him, a man wearing a white turban to his right. And these are, in fact, miniature versions of paintings by Titian and Rubens, respectively. And the painting was a huge success in Venice, so much so that he produced four versions of this painting. However, the Birmingham version differs in a number of ways, but most significantly, it's the only version to include a self-portrait of the artist himself, incredibly tiny, just below uh, St Andrew's hand. And the reasons for this are sort of unclear. Perhaps he was friends with the person that this specific painting was made for, but maybe it's just a kind of, you know, a way of showing off. He's so proud of the painting that he decides to include his own face within it. I mean, or maybe it's just the artist's private joke. We'll never really know. And within the context of the collection here in Birmingham, how important is this particular work? Incredibly important. It's a work of such high quality, really equal to any of those in national or international collections. But what's important to stress about this collection is actually, uh, this isn't an exception, there are actually many paintings of that incredibly high standard, uh, which makes this such a world-class collection. And why is it in Birmingham? Well, it's interesting because after the war, the museum very actively decided to start collecting in this area in spite of the fact that they had no previous history of collecting 17th century art, they kind of decided that they wanted to be this world-class centre for 17th century painting. So as opposed to, you know, a private collector gathering and then bequeathing to the museum, this was a very active decision by the museum to make themselves this really world-class collection. Why should I, as a visitor to Birmingham, want to come and see this collection? because it's one of the best, if not the best, collections in the UK and it's right on our doorstep. And I think people often don't expect to see this type of art here, but it's such a fantastic collection. I think it's really important that we make the most of that and recognise it. Helen, what are the future plans for this collection? So at the moment, I'm working on a very exciting project to research and redisplay this collection bringing more works out from store, writing new interpretation, and really offering a fresh perspective on the whole collection. And the date for that will be mid-June. So are we going to see wonderful works of art that probably haven't been displayed in Birmingham for a long time? Yes, I mean, there are a few uh, hidden gems in store, which I'm really looking forward to getting out. Some works that people recognise but haven't seen for a long time, but also the chance to introduce people to artists they're less familiar with, but who have very interesting works in the collection. Helen, thank you.
Thank you very much. Each year, more than a million people visit the museums and heritage sites run by Birmingham Museums Trust. It is an independent charity that raises half of the funds it needs to operate, whilst trying to ensure that access to a large proportion of the collections remains free to all. You can ensure that these incredible collections remain accessible and support the conservation of these internationally important treasures by donating at the Birmingham Museums Trust website www.birminghammuseums.org.uk Thank you.